Welcome to The Better Sovereign Show. I'm your host, Colin Stucker, member of the Better Human Podcast Network. Today's show is all about money, sovereignty, freedom, and everything that pertains to that. How to become financially free, how to become a sovereign, remote, mobile individual, and why you should want to. Every show is five-ish minutes, something related to help you become more sovereign, more free, more financially stable and secure. You can get all the updates over at Colin.Coach. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app and or YouTube, ideally both. And then get the newsletter, which is the hub for everything, the glue for everything. Today, we're talking about the human progress or our human progress. Humanity's progress is dampened by the elite. Oh, man, what a big topic. Where to go with this? Read this quote from a book I'm reading, Bitcoin Independence Reimagined, which is more about freedom and sovereignty than it is actually about Bitcoin, but I highly recommend it. This is a direct quote. Human progress is equipped with a damper and we're not as progressive, effective, or innovative as we could have been. All because of our overlord's inability to resist the urge of diluting our money supply. The temptation to counterfeit has existed as long as money has, and no civilization has ever been able to stop it. On the contrary, we've been very inventive coming up with plausible excuses for this. The latest term from the Fed for this criminal behavior is quantitative easing. Okay, so if some of this stuff is new to you, it's it's tough here because like you need to understand the history of money, how money works, like what fiat is, what it isn't, what gold-backed currency is. It's just a lot of stuff. The core idea here is, and a lot of Bitcoiners believe this, I truly believe this, that so much of the problems that we have as a species stem from and are at least connected to the corrupted money supply. So a lot of people say like Bitcoin fixes this or solve the money, solve everything else, basically. When you solve money, you really do solve a lot of other things. One of the gross Frankenstein effects of money manipulation and governments controlling them is governments in the bloat. It just forever bloats and bloats and bloats. And it gives the elite the power to just keep doing whatever they want. They can keep printing. They can keep buying up things and directing things to go this way and paying people to do that and whatever and contractors. It's a never ending spigot of corruption and growth and greed. That's what printing money, controlling money allows you to do. It allows you to basically do whatever you want with no repercussion. There's no skin in the game because you don't go bankrupt. You're not responsible for what actually happens. And this is the problem with all governments. All governments throughout history of mankind have been basically dictatorships in a way and have had unchecked power of which the rulers had very little skin in the game. Now, today in our modern world, it's even more of a problem because you have all these power structures that are built with lots and lots of people involved, and there's not really any single one person. So even if you get a new president, all these power structures uh, in Washington and people and organizations, they all kind of toe the status quo. Most people think that the president is like the main dude or dudette that does everything, uh, but he isn't. <laughs> like He's operating within an already established power paradigm that is really, really hard to change because of all of the people involved and all the incentives that are aligned to keep it that way. The fundamental problem with governments is they don't have skin in the game and politicians don't have skin in the game. In fact, politicians get voted. They say anything and do anything they can to get voted in. Then they use their influence. They make deals and they get paid and they do all these, all the shady shit and they basically become powerful and rich throughout that process. And then even after four years, you can go from poor to rich in four years. I mean, Obama is a multi, multi-millionaire now. And when he came in, I believe the net worth of the family was like a million dollars. Now they're hundreds of millions of heirs, the, the Obamas. Even if you get out after four years or even eight, you're set for life. You have influence, power, money, whatever. You have a brand. You can literally just go and do speaking gigs for $100,000, like crap like that. So politicians will do anything to get into that position. 
And then what they do while they're in that position doesn't matter because when they get out of that position, they're set for life. The temptation to counterfeit because it is obscenely hard to actually balance a budget for something as complex as government. And I get this. The Romans did this. Every civilization ever that has had money and infrastructure and has been a modern civilization, or I would say, you know, post-agricultural civilization, they have always overspent. They have always defaulted on their debts and ran out of money, right? The French did this, led to the French Revolution, Caesar, fall of Rome, et cetera. And when that happens and you're controlling the money supply, well, you're going to try to do everything you can to have more money to spend to fund your wars and fund your lavish lifestyles or whatever. This is every ruler in the history of uh, civilization, and it's likely to be forever the case for as long as we have a very consolidated power structure as the default modus operandi for operating. But if we can actually introduce sound money that is incorruptible and uncensorable by governments, it can bring much needed checks and balance, and it can bring skin in the game so that if governments do things that aren't productive, and if they don't balance and spend the right way and not waste, then they go under. They lose power. Controlling money, this is what people don't really understand. If you actually boil it down, money is the foundation of power. It's how you get things done. You need it. Now, of course, also influence. But even if you know people and you can say, hey, do this for me, that person then calls another people to do something or have something done. It's always going to come down to money. Money in some way is connected to everything. It's the way we transfer energy through time and space. So money really is the foundation of power in our modern environment, right? The, the world we live in, because it's what is needed to do anything, to buy tanks and guns and armies and contractors and this and that or whatever. So money is at the core of the corruption of nearly all the problems we have in our modern environment as humans. And then if you actually look at how city-states fight over scarce resources, lands, and then you have religious stuff, which is, I mean, money's involved in that, but a lot of these religious dogmas and things they fight over, like a little patch of land because they have certain beliefs about it, like, you know, that's its own thing. But geopolitically, individually, communally, any group or individual, high up, down, below, wherever, you're going to need money. Money is a power source. Money is a power source for survival, right? And it's a power source for domination and enslaving others. If we can fix the money, we can remove so much of government's ability and politicians' ability to not make good decisions, to not run governments effectively, and then to even worse, what the new political strategy is, is to just appeal to like identity politics and victimhood and crap like that, which all that is, is a smokescreen. And it's a way to manipulate the masses to vote a certain way make all these big promises or whatever. Like I said, get elected. And then it doesn't matter. Once you're elected, it doesn't matter. Very few people pay attention to what politicians do. Very few people pay attention to what they said and what they've done, et cetera. Nobody cares. It's always about who's the new enemy we can throw stones at and I can rally troops behind or people behind. So then you can then vote for me and then I can get office. Then I get my power and money. And then me, the individual, I'm good. I'm set for life. I can tell you right now, if I was ever elected a politician, I would try to do good, but you better believe I'm protecting myself and my family first. This is just human nature right? In some ways, we can't even all really fault politicians other than, you know, like the game itself, which is corrupt and broken. And yes, politics does attract sociopaths and things like that for various reasons. But I don't even know if we can really blame them. It just is what it is. The system itself is broken. Get all the updates over at Colin.coach. And real quick, this day in history, what happened this day in history? Let's do our rapid fire rounds. 
Uh, this day in history, the monkey trials, which I've never heard about. The Scopes monkey trial begins in Dayton, Tennessee. The so-called Scoops or Scopes monkey trial begins when John Thomas Scoops, a young high school science teacher, accused of teaching evolution in violation of a Tennessee state law. Can't believe that. You couldn't even teach evolution. So in 1927, the Tennessee Supreme Court overturned the monkey trial verdict on a technicality, but left the issue unresolved. Definitely interesting to learn about that. There's like so many things that affect our world today, the status quo that we take for granted. All right, so some interesting and fun animal facts. Polar bear fur is actually clear and their skin is black. Okay, that's interesting. Baby flamingos are born gray and not pink. So that's interesting. So their polar bear fur is clear and it, it probably then shows up white because the white environment. Huh. Baby flamingos are born gray, not pink. Elephants suck on their trunks for comfort. Okay. Ant eaters have no teeth. Interesting. Okay. So that's going to be it for the show. So let's thank our sponsor. Let's support the show. Colin.coach slash fish. Get some high quality seafood, sustainably sourced, premium quality, perfectly portioned. I have a huge box of this in my freezer right now of about 15 individually vacuum frozen fillets. Super fresh, uh, especially seafood because I usually freeze it like on the boat or right after it gets into port. So it's super, super fresh. Seafood is a simple, easy way to get more protein in your diet. And it's awesome and tastes good and yummy. And all you need is a cast iron pan or a nonstick. Fry that bad boy on each side and a little bit of butter. Finish it in the oven until it's cooked through. Make sure you're using enough wild pink salt, wild foods, and you're good to go. That's going to be it for today's show. Get on the Better Human newsletter over at Colin.Coach, and I'll see you in the next one.